Good morning and welcome to our worship service at the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, for this Sunday, August 1st. We are so glad that you have joined us for worship either online or here in person. We are worshiping on campus in our sanctuary for those who feel comfortable being out and about at this stage of the pandemic and the use of vaccinations in our community. We are maintaining our revised health safety protocols, requesting that all folk, whether they are vaccinated or not, wear a mask while gathering inside of our church buildings. This way we will be as protective as we can be of the most vulnerable people around us. Think of yourself as, as living out Jesus' call of loving your neighbor or the biblical mandate of being your brother's or sister's keeping, keeper. And please, if you haven't been vaccinated yet and then you are physically able to be vaccinated, uh, do it for yourself and, and for those around you. One of our clergy died this week, uh, though he was vaccinated. So the, the danger is a, uh, a real danger for some of us. And I have uh, just learned this morning that the uh, Ledford family, uh, all of them are, are COVID positive now. Uh, that's one of our uh, younger church families. Um, so again, the, the situation is out there and we want to be careful for one another as we try to find our way back into a community with one another. So let's be smart and let's be careful and let's be respectful as best we can of one another. We'll keep you posted as these protocols change. I'm guessing that they probably will as they have a, a few times over these months. Uh, surely they will change again. But for now, this is the way we are conducting ourselves. Let us find our way to be a religious community um, caring for one another uh, under these circumstances. Hold on just a second. Yes, sir. Because I'm speaking and I'm at a distance of 10 feet from one another, but you will see, you will see when I go back and sit down that I will be wearing a mask. I appreciate your concern. Thank you. Uh, those of you who are worshiping online, um, there's a possibility that the film clip uh, used in the sermon will not run in, in its entirety due to copyright issues still being figured out. However, if that does happen, please be aware that the clip is only a, a few minutes long and the live stream of our service will resume shortly thereafter. So stay with us if that happens this Sunday. I understand it did not happen last Sunday, but a couple Sundays before that it did. So just stay tuned if, if it cuts out today. Here are a few reminders of what's going on in the life of the church. Uh, the flowers, uh, thank you, Karee Lewis, for honoring Black Philanthropy Month and and you should all be aware that there's a special offer, thanks to the generosity of two of our members in the church, for you to sign up during the summer, pay during the summer, and you'll have that discounted rate for flowers throughout the whole of the, I guess I want to call it the church year, to next summer, to next summer comes around. So take advantage of that kind offer. Uh, Communion is today, so those of you who are at home, please uh, be reminded of that and have some bread and juice at the ready. Get it now. Probably would be the best advice so that you're ready when communion comes up after the sermon uh, to partake with the rest of us here in the sanctuary. Wheels to Africa is an interesting program that we've gotten wind of thanks to, um, I think it is a grandma in our church of a... Uh, of a child at the Westlake High School. And so we want to pass on to you the opportunity that's coming up. It is next Saturday, 8.30 to 12, I believe it is in our parking lot. If you have an old bike that you're willing to part with, uh, bring it down here. And these uh, high school students from Westlake are, are uh, partnering with this uh, philanthropy group called wheels to Africa, and they will collect those bikes from you. They will uh, see that they are repaired and in good order, and then they'll be shipped to Africa to be used as transportation for those in need. It sounds like a great opportunity if you've got an old bike hanging around in your garage or in your breezeway that it's, it's time to pass on. Next Saturday morning. 
Next Sunday, after worship in the afternoon, we are having our Mana Food Drive in the Mini Mansion School Supply drop-off. That's at 3, so um, be aware that that's coming around this next weekend. And Rachel has got some fun things planned for the summer for our youth and our families. Take note of the of publicity that she has put out on that. One that's kind of got my attention is a beach day out around where I am on the 14th, starting on Saturday uh, at 10 a.m. And uh, is that still on the calendar? Hot dogs are going to be served. Do I have to bring my own or are you going to feed me? What a deal, right? So uh, um, think of that and get it on your calendar. Sounds like it might be fun. All right, I think I've covered the basis of things to remind us about that's coming up uh, real soon in our parish life. So glad that you are here with us to worship. And let us take a breath, a pause, center ourselves, and worship our living Lord. Life is enhanced when we find ways to connect with God, ways to set aside time, attention, and energy in our lives to make room for God. When we do this, our horizons expand. Our internal sense of, of self centers, and our energy and inspiration renews. That kind of spiritual vigor and balance is something to be prized and to be sought after in life. The traditions of the church speak of keeping a good Sabbath to remind us of these truths and encourage us to seek that important spiritual renewal in our lives. Today we dig into this topic. Let's stand and sing our opening hymn. seated and let us pray. Holy God, be with us in this time of worship that we might open our hearts and minds to your holy word. Speak to us today. That being nurtured and inspired by that word, we would be led into truer discipleship and to greater faithfulness in our lives in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. We pray this in the name of your Son and for your holy purposes. Amen.
Good morning, everyone. How are you this morning? I am here to talk specifically to our children, and I want to start with a couple of announcements. Pastor Walt talked about the fun things that I'm doing with the youth in the next couple of weeks, but guess what? It's almost time to go back to school. I know some of you are like, yay! And some of you are like, where did our summer go? And maybe some of you are saying both, because I know that's happening in our house. Wait, summer's almost over? It is. So in two weeks, two weeks, we're going to do our backpack blessing. Some of our kids will already be back in school. Some of our kids will just be starting school uh, in the weeks to come after that. But it seemed like the perfect time in the middle where we could honor your education and the ways that you are working to grow in who you are and how you take God with you to school and everywhere else. So on that day, in two weeks, we're going to invite you to bring your backpacks so that you can lift them up while we are in this children's time and we can say a blessing for you and the school year ahead. So I invite you to do that uh, so that we can have fun that day. We also have a baptism, actually two baptisms scheduled for that day, and we also have root beer floats scheduled by the Christian Education Committee. So... You know how we talk about how we'd love to know that you're here and you sign in? If you choose to sign in early, that helps the Christian Education Committee know how many ice cream floats that they might possibly need to make. So if you could help us by signing in ahead of time, we'd really appreciate that. Kids, tell your parents if they weren't listening to this part, okay? Remember, two weeks, ice cream floats. That's the important part. Now, the other important part is to remember that we talk about Bible stories at each Sunday in our Sunday school classes and as we're in worship. Our Sunday school classes over, the la over this couple, period of a couple of weeks talk about women of the Old Testament. We talked about Rahab at one point. This week you guys get to talk about Ruth and Naomi. And I look forward to hearing what you guys have to talk about in that lesson but I got to tell you, one of my favorite lines from that scripture is, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. And I think that as we grow in our faith, we have this group of people who we call our church family, who wants to go with us, who want to support us on our faith journey and say that we will be people together. We will be family united by God's love. And so I look forward to seeing what you talk about in your Sunday school class, but remember that we want to journey with you on your faith journey. So will you guys join me in a moment of prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow, and thank you for yesterday. Thank you for loving us and promising to be with us. Thank you for giving a family of faith. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys can head off to Sunday school now. join me in a moment of prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we greet you this day with praise and thanksgiving. 
in awe for the ways in which your spirit continues to move around us, blessing us, nurturing us, and guiding us on our faith story. Help us to see the ways in which you are reaching out to us and open our eyes so that we might be aware of the ways in which we are interacting with you all of the time. Touch our hearts, touch our lives. Allow us to find ways to interact more fully with you. As people of faith, we lift up the following people in prayers. We pray for the Wingfield family at the loss of Myron this week. Be with Martha and her son as they grieve Myron's passing along with the passing of their other son all within a two-month period. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We ask you to be with Nancy Moravec's cousin, Wade, who is on day 13 in the ICU Uh, struggling and overcoming the coronavirus. Be with him as he continues to improve. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. Be with all of those who are dealing with the coronavirus, quarantining, uh, overcoming the illness in their system. Let them know your peace and let them know your comfort. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Steve Blassingame, who is back in the hospital and has been for the last two weeks. And we ask that you be with those that are discerning what his next steps are, that he might be accepted into one of the rehab hospitals that he's looking for uh, so that he can have the care and the rehabilitation that he needs. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We join Janet Todd in lifting up prayers for her daughter Tracy as she prepares for her spinal surgery on Thursday or on Wednesday. We pray that it will be successful and there will be no complications. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Mike Hilliard that he might uh, have healing and recovery after his recent uh, cancer surgery. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we lift up prayers for Doug Johnson as he awaits news in terms of uh, having surgery on his bicep for a torn bicep. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We take a moment, Lord, to lift up the prayers that are on our hearts and are in our minds as we take this moment of silence. hear our prayers. Lord, we come to you not just with with pleas for help, but also praise and thanksgiving for the the inquisitiveness and curiosity of children, for the joy of the Olympics and seeing healthy competition and ways in which we bring honor in our athleticism and, and physical ability. We ask that you continue to honor, honor those that are competing and let them know your presence in all that they accomplish in the week ahead. We give thanks for the, for the sun in the sky and the wind blowing through the trees and the reminders that we have of you. We pray all of this, saying the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Our life is enhanced when we find ways to, to do Sabbath, even if it can't be on a Sunday. And sometimes it's important that we find other ways than Sunday to do Sabbath. When we keep Sabbath, we reestablish our God connection. That's what it is about. And we do it in a special way. And we renew our spiritual balance. We renew our, our spiritual vigor. To be spiritually fit, we need to nurture our spirituality. It just makes sense. And we do that by keeping the Sabbath. I had the, th the thought of Simone Biles and how, how she's been working so hard in her field, the drills and the discipline over time for so long, and, uh, and the great sadness of how she's gotten these twisties right at the at the most important moment. And the way I kind of unpack that is that something's kind of gotten out of whack with her ability to, to do what she's trying to do, which is just so remarkable with her body. That sometimes happens to us spiritually. We might find ourselves coming to church and just not getting anything out of it. Or we might find ourselves reading Bible uh, often and kind of coming into a, a, a space of, of lack of clarity about what's being said there. Or we might find in our prayer life, perhaps, that we, we're not quite having the connection we used to have. It's important to, to move through our different disciplines and to practice them and to push through barriers that come up in those disciplines. Sometimes it just needs the refreshment of doing something different in that discipline that gets you out of those twisties, that gets you out of that that dull spot and then refreshes you so that you can, can go back and fully immerse yourself and connect with God. I fully expect that, that she's going to somehow get through this block. It might not be before the Olympics is over, uh, sad for herself and for the team, but that, that she will be ending up healthy again, as with all of us when we find our ways to, to reestablish our connections and our spirituality in the rich way, in the deep way that we want it to be. Well, it's, it's interesting to note that keeping Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. Did anybody know that? Okay, I hear muffled due to mass yeses coming out, heads nodding, some kind of recognition that, yes, it is in the Ten Commandments, keeping Sabbath. Deuteronomy's version and Exodus's version both mention keeping Sabbath. Observe or remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And you know, though it's stated straight out to honor the Sabbath, many of us don't give it the same seriousness as we do other commandments. Whereas we tend to think murder or stealing, adultery, or, or even lying are pretty grave sins, we don't seem to think missing church is the same. Now, who knows how this has happened, that we cut ourselves such slack in obeying the fourth commandment, yet we put people in jail for disobeying the sixth, the eighth, and the ninth. How did that happen? I'm wondering, and I'm a little uncertain whether to mention or not, but I'm wondering whether we ought to pin that tail on Jesus the confusion over the commandments seriousness, or at least the way we interpreted what Jesus did. You know, in the Synoptic Gospels, he's remembered as having a tussle with the Pharisees over obeying certain rules of faith. In fact, he was challenged because he allowed his disciples to pick corn on the Sabbath. Now, that was a violation of the commandment. Uh, they were hungry, he said. We behaved no differently than King David behaved, he said. Then he summed it up saying, what is our scripture reading for today? Uh, I want the tech team to, to bring that up so we can hear it. Good morning. 
Our scripture reading today is from Mark chapter 2, verse 27. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind, and not humankind for the Sabbath. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Now, maybe we heard some equivocating in that statement by Jesus in terms of obeying the commandments. And thereafter, we glimpse some, some wiggle room in Sabbath keeping. I'm not sure. After all, Sabbath keeping has to do with us and our needs. And maybe our needs wouldn't lead us to honoring the Sabbath as rigidly as our forebears, nor as regularly, and then, well, not at all. And there are many in our society this day that call themselves uh, good Christians but don't darken the doors of church. Now, I do want to say that keeping Sabbath is an expression of our faith in God. And we should not lose sight of that value of the commandment for us. It shows uh, honor to our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer, that we set aside time in our lives to worship. God is God. And we ought to worship God. It helps keep our hubris and our self-centered pride in check by reminding us that there is a God who is greater than we are and might indeed have something to say about our lives if we were to pay attention. A God who is worthy of praise and of worship. It just puts your head in a certain space when you acknowledge that and you act on that. So I'm not showing any disrespect to the fourth commandment, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't honor it, but I'm looking at the nuance that Jesus brought in when he spoke about the Sabbath that's remembered for us in our scriptures. I want us to approach keeping Sabbath from the perspective that Jesus broaches in those Gospels. Keeping Sabbath is not just something. It's not just something we do to honor God. We do it to honor God, but it's not just to honor God. It is also something we do to help ourselves. And to my mind, keeping Sabbath is one of those old-fashioned rules that really helps us moderns live well. Now, if there was one word most of us use to characterize our pre-pandemic lives, it was busy. We had overcommitted ourselves. Our calendars were packed. Our schedules were full. We were running from this to that, here to there, with very little downtime. All the things we were doing, we thought were good things to be doing for our children and for ourselves. Yet as we, as we kept that active pace up, we started to fray at the edges, started to unravel. We tended to lose our center and our balance. Some of us were acknowledging that, some of us were denying that, but as we look back at ourselves, most all of us see that. A good single way, single sentence way to say what I'm talking about is that the movement became more important than the value of the moment. 
being present to savor the sacredness of simply being was becoming a lost art. Ram Dass's be here now, well, that really kind of got lost. Or Jesus's take time to dwell in the presence of God uh, wasn't compelling as much as it should be to us. Yet just as the day needs the night, activity needs pauses for renewal and for perspective. And if there is anything we should have learned through this pandemic besides loving our neighbor and doing things that help to protect them because it's the right thing to do for one another in community, it is the need to settle back into pauses to refresh ourselves so that we engage more authentically and healthily. And keeping Sabbath does that for us. As Dan Allender writes in his book, Sabbath, we are driven, exhausted, and depleted. We were created for the refreshing and replenishing gift of Sabbath. And we don't do so to our peril. I think we've been learning that over these months. And now that we are starting to find our way out of the pandemic isolation and its inherent slowdown, as we start to try to find ways to re-engage again and, and stay healthy but start to get a little bit more in contact with one another, the pace is picking up, I think, and we are seeking ways, though, to healthily re-engage one another. And we're faced with the question, do we gear up to that same frenetic pace that life was pre-pandemic? Is that, is that where we're going back to? Is that what we want the normal to be hereafter? Or is there a better way, a better way to do our jobs, to do our daily life, to do our family, to build community and to love one another? And I want to encourage us today to hold tight to the, the insights we've gained through the pandemic about the need and the healthiness of pausing and reflecting and recalibrating the expending of our energy. Taking a break is a good and a necessary thing for all of us. And having that break be a faith activity puts us particularly into the presence of God. God is everywhere. So I'm not saying pumping gas or doing dishes. You're not going to have a God encounter. I have. I have. But faith activities, church process, it's a thin place for us who are open to the value of the tradition. It's a ready place for the encounter of God. To get into the presence of God and to get under the influence of God. For some goodness. For some healing for some replenishment. Doing this is a really good thing for ourselves. Some years ago, I came across a film. It's called Wild. Not in the wild, although that's another film that's kind of interesting to watch. This one's called Wild. It's seven years old, I discovered. I thought it was like just yesterday that I saw it. Um, it stars and was produced by uh, Reese Witherspoon. Uh, 
It's one of the early films that she got going from a production company she established to see if some women could actually take leadership in the arts. Um, God bless her for the work that she's doing for the 50% of our community that too often feels underrepresented and underemployed, underappreciated. It's a great film. I would recommend it to you, but i got to give you some cautions. It's sexy. There's a lot of swearing in it. Uh, there may be some things that push your comfort level. It's not something you watch with your kids. Um, so it, it may not be a film you want to see, but I found myself really appreciating it and enjoying it and making room for um, uh, the crassness that was a part of the story that needed to be told because it's a story about a person's life that comes back into life, redeemed, resurrected. It's based on a true story about this woman whose life spiraled out of control as she dealt with the grief of her mom dying. And she decides to walk the Pacific Crest Trail to get away, to break the, the, the terribly negative cycle of her life. She needed some radical kind of surgery just to break it apart, to break it open, to make it possible to be put back together in a new way, to be healed. She had to purge herself to be healed. Now, the scene we're about to see follows in the film the sharing of a memory, Reese's character, her name is Cheryl, has of her mother affirming the value of, of life itself and the goodness of life. Now, this mom was kind of an abused mom before she got her sickness. So, so uh, Cheryl is, is kind of, she's got an attitude. She's got a negative attitude towards her family of origin. She's got a little bit of a negative attitude towards mom as she starts to feel her oats as a young adult that mom is putting up with this stuff and, and uh, sugarcoating it, it seems to her, or, or maybe just making too much room for it. Uh, mom, mom has since left that abusive husband, but still mom's attitude just seems to be a little bit too rosy for Cheryl, the way Cheryl feels like she's kind of been damaged by it all. Her mom says that she would choose to sing regardless, regardless of her life. She would choose to sing. And she says, you've got to find your best self. You've got to find your best self and hold on to it for dear life. Lots of situations just make you want to die. I want to live. Powerful words. Precancerous words, words that she even more so embraced when she got her cancer, which I think may be what finally pushed Cheryl to the brink and then towards something else. You've got to find your best self and hold on to it for dear life. Sometimes in our lives it's just like that, isn't it? So the, the following, following that memory in the film comes the scene that we're going we're gonna to look at in just a couple minutes in which Cheryl discovers there's another female hiker on the trail. Now through all the whole movie, we've only seen guys hiking, and here she is discovering, well, there's another single woman that's, that's doing this hike. She and this female hiker quickly strike up a, a friendship and do some reflecting on life and, and what they're doing. Now, as a sidebar, just not to distract you from the scene you're going to be seeing, but you're going to want to note that the woman who's acting the role of the other hiker 
is the woman the story is about. She's the author of this story. Um, kind of hits you upside the head as you start to read it. So take that into account. So let's watch a bit and see if their dialogue adds some perspective to our topic of Sabbath. Media team, let's, let's have this scene. You get lonely? Um, honestly, I think I'm lonelier in my real life than I am out here. As I miss my friends, of course, but it's not like I really have anybody waiting for me at home. How about you? Why are you here? Um, I don't know. I just need to find something in myself, you know? I think the trail is good for that. I mean, look. This has the power to fill you up again if you let it. My mother used to say something that drove me nuts. There's a sunrise and a sunset every day. And you can choose to be there for it. You can put yourself in the way of beauty. My kind of woman. There's a sunrise. Could you hear that well enough? There's a sunrise and a sunset in every day. And you can choose to put yourself in the way of beauty. You can choose to be there and see it and let it affect you. Or you can just put your head down, look at the pavement, and keep on walking. Both women are searching for their better selves by breaking out of the normal and the hectic patterns of their lives and putting themselves in the way of beauty, getting in the way of wonder so it bumps into you and you have to kind of, uh, oh, take it. In the way of transcendence, I would say, in the way of God. This hike is a big Sabbath, in my mind, for Cheryl, which renews her and puts her back into a, a better place for her life. And Sabbath does that for us. It has the power to fill us up if you let it. Sabbath keeping puts us in the way of God and offers us the opportunity for special God connections of healing and of redirection, new insight, encouragement, and empowerment. These rests for renewal become simple punctuation points along the journey of our self-discovery, of our discipleship, of our life abundant. They are needed to keep the journey healthy and to assist us in having the journey be directed towards our wholeness and not our disintegration. I remember a, a vivid moment in my early seminary days in Boston it was on a wintry late afternoon. I was exhausted from the studies. And I, I look back at that and I kind of chuckle at myself. Oh, what, a, what an indulgent life that you would be exhausted from studying. Oh, <laughs> poor boy. Well, that's how I felt in those days. And I was walking back from Harvard to BU and the, and the traffic was rushing by my side in a cacophony of unpleasant sounds that was just adding to my, my agitation. And the hedge along the sidewalk was, was interrupted with a, with a wrought iron gate surprising me and, and it was cocked open and I could see a secluded yard beyond it. And then uh, further on, a door to a building that was, was left ajar. You know, and it, it beckoned me. And I thought to myself, I need to get away from this craziness, this, this madness. And I, I darted through the gate, slipped into 
that building, it was dark. And as my eyes acclimated, uh, I started to notice candlelight off to my right, and then I started to see uh, monks. Who knew? Monks in Cambridge, Massachusetts. There they were, a bunch of them. And they were softly chanting, which I guess uh, I've learned since was the Vesper office of, of their day. I eased into a pew, and I just soaked it in. Now, you can imagine being 20-some years old of a Protestant without much interaction with Orthodox or Roman practices, the sights, the sounds, the smells, I mean, that all was just new to me. Yet somehow it, it reached me and it, it touched me that day. And I, as I sat there, it felt like I was just bathing in something. And the, the experience, I would say, fed my spiritual hunger and it replenished um, that haggard soul at that time. And still these, gosh, what is it, 40 years, some 40 years later, I look back at that experience now as a, as a moment of special, special Sabbath in my life, a moment of renewal, a moment of what Sabbath is supposed to be about each time we try to have Sabbath. And I realized I, I needed more moments like that in my life. I needed more moments of, of spiritual refreshment on a regular basis. Not just learning, not just thinking, not just doing. To center, to be centered, to be healthy. I learned the value of Sabbath keeping by that so accidental and so needed spiritual experience and realized through it, in retrospect, I would say, the importance of regular worship, of regular prayer, of regular meditation, Things beyond the Protestant church's programming and activities. Things that were foundational to those things. Spirituality. Spiritual formation of the soul. Sabbath keeping. Getting in the way of God so that God could bowl you over and affect you. We all need this. We need it on a regular basis. Worship, church gives us Sabbath opportunities. Make Sabbath keeping a regular part of how you orchestrate your life. As you emerge from this pandemic, get in the way of the Spirit and more fully experience God. It's really the way to the good life. Amen. work to get in the way of God and to allow God to bump into us, the more we become aware of the ways in which the Spirit is always active in our lives. This is the time in our worship service where we have the opportunity to reflect on all of those moments and have a chance to say thank you to God for the blessings that we have experienced and think about how we might respond. We'll have the opportunity to present our gifts and offerings to God 
whether it's online, uh, sending it through the mail, or placing it in the offering plate after worship. All of these ways are, are avenues in which we can say thank you for the ways that God is always present to us, waiting for us to bump into God. We receive the gift of music. We dedicate this time of communion to, to Myron, uh, recognizing uh, through the affirmations of our faith that our community is larger than those of us who are present. Holy God, it is right that we should always and everywhere give you thanks and praise. Only you are God, you created all things and called them good. You made us in your own image. Even though we rebelled against your love, you did not desert us. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God and spoke to us through your prophets. And so we join the entire company of heaven and all your people now on earth worshiping and glorifying you with these words that say, holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We thank you, holy Lord God, that you love the world so much you sent your only son to be our savior. The Lord of all life came to live among us. He healed and taught, ate with sinners, and won for you a new people by water and the spirit. We saw his glory, yet he humbled himself in obedience to your will, freely accepting death on a cross. By dying, he freed us from unending death. By rising from the dead, he gave us everlasting life. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and offered it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the cup was over, he took, or when the meal was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you and offered it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we experience anew, most merciful God, the suffering and death, the resurrection and ascension of your Son. We ask you to accept this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, which we offer in union with Christ's offering for us as a living and holy surrender of ourselves as we proclaim the great mystery of our faith. Christ, Christ has died. died. Christ, Christ is risen. risen. Christ, Christ will, will come, come again. again. Send the power of your Holy Spirit on us gathered here out of love for you and on these gifts. May the Spirit help us know that in the breaking of this bread and in the drinking of this cup, the presence of Christ who gave his body and blood for all. And may the Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in service to all of the world. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty God, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. We are now invited to take of the Holy Communion. this service has, has been a blessing to you. Most of our lives are unlike the character in Wild in that our lives are less chaotic and less painful. Thanks be to God. Yet nevertheless, regardless of the extent of the challenges we experience in life, Connecting with God provides a substantial assist for managing the lows and appreciating the blessings and the highs. Getting in God's pathway provides us a perspective and a resource that enriches life. God is always readily available. The life art for us, is realizing it, opening up to the Spirit and experiencing it. It's better than a sunset. It's foundational, life-transforming love. Be safe. Stay healthy. Know that you are in God's embrace.